Hey witches, I'm Rachel LaForest. And I'm Leah Knauer. And today we got to talk with my friend Paul Roberson, who's a writer. You can check him out on Twitter at Paul Roberson. And he is also just a philosopher of life. (laughs) (laughs) And such a sweet spirit. It was so fun hanging with him. And if you watch Blazin on our Instagram, you recognize him um, because we had him on a few weeks ago when we really needed a drink. Yes. (laughs) And we still do. And we still do, but you know, we got that drink of his calming energy, which was nice. He always offers that. Yes. Um, speaking of Instagram, give us a follow at Basic Witches and follow us on TikTok at Basic Witches. And if you go to the link in our bio on our Instagram, you can buy merch, you can book a reading with us, you can join our Patreon, you can do all kinds of good witchy shit. And while you're online, if you have time, we could really use an iTunes review from you. The five-star iTunes reviews really set off a whole string of events that leads to totally helping the podcast. So if you have the time, that'd be great. Thank you so, so, so much. Um, And then when you're done with that, since you're already in iTunes... Um, why don't you check out the podcast worth the fight? You guys remember Matt Simpson. We had him on a couple episodes ago. His show is also a soul fire show. Yes, it is. And Matt helps with, um, giving psychedelics to veterans and how that can help with PTSD and trauma. He talks a lot about childhood trauma. He is such a sweet soul and (laughs) he's part of the soul fire network (laughs) he's the messenger beating his love revolution drum through his writing to inform everyone about that psychedelic use to help ptsd and we are so for it as he says it's worth the fight and his show is worth the listen so check it out another thing for you to check out is let's get checked If you've been wanting to take a blood test to find something out about your sexual health, your wellness, or what's going on in your body, Let's Get Checked is the perfect resource. It's so easy. They send you everything you need in a box, comes right to your door. All you have to do is collect your sample. Yes, it's blood. Yes, we want to tell you that, but witches are no strangers to blood. Mm -hmm. Maybe save a little for your ritual while you're at it. And then you send your sample back in and you get your, your results really quickly within two to five days. It's crazy. It's so fast. Every time I'm just like, that's so fast. So if you want a super speedy test and you want to save 20%, use our code witches at trylgc.com slash witches. Again, that's 20% off your first test at trylgc.com slash witches. Now, enjoy this episode. Ah, I'm doing okay, you know, as okay as a person who's been locked in his apartment for however long quarantine's been going. Can be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still going. My God. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to, you know, keep centered and, uh, you know, keep doing work on myself. Mm-hmm. Well, I have good news. Today was the end of Mercury Retrograde. (laughs) Um, Have you been having any, like, communication issues or anything like that? Um, I know I have. That's why I ask. uh, Absolutely that. Where, I mean, I've been having communication issues where, and I just had to, like, kind of walk away from that, uh, that person because I was getting, you know, a lot of 
uh, like positive communication from her and then nothing. And then like seeming mm. like she was mad at me. And then like I check in on it and it's like, oh, no, no, everything's great. I'm sorry. And then, mm. and then that negative energy again. And I just, oh. I couldn't live by the tides. Anymore. Wow. So kind of in like the past month, this fizzled out? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That was during the retrograde. What do you, how do you see and feel and experience energies? Like you were describing this negative energy Mm. coming at me. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've always been like, I'm I'm a pretty sensitive guy. So I always feel it in my heart. Mm. Uh, And probably because I'm, I don't know. I'm very mindful. Like I, my, like I kind of really operate on like very sensitive machinery. So I'm constantly checking in and I can, you know, like if a bad vibe comes across me, <laughs> I can really like it, you know, it really sets off the, the alerts. Oh, yeah. You detect it. Beep, beep. Yeah. Oh, bad vibe. Bad vibe. <laughs> I love, I love that. that. Um, well, it's been wild because during this Mercury retrograde, my boyfriend literally lost his voice. Oh my God. So, our, so our communication has just been like, he's like, it's almost like dating someone who is, needs sign language, except we don't know sign language. So it's like, it's, I don't know. It's been really hard to communicate, but we're figuring out our own language together, basically. Um, so, I, yeah, I just put that together. That, yeah, because that I've been time. hearing Leah being the only one speaking, and it sounds like she's having a conversation with herself. <laughs> <laughs> when he's around the apartment, it's been funny. Um, yeah, I, I, now that we think about it, I'm like, oh... I've also had to have a lot of tough communication and tough talks in this time. Mm. I mean, pandemic combined with quarantine and mm. Mercury retrograde. Mm-hmm. And just our country's unknown. Um, I know for me personally and so many people in my life, there's a lot of like heaviness around family and mm. having kind of upheavals um, this isn't directed at you, Paul, but feel free to chime in if you connect yeah. to. But I just know that that is so, the world is so heavy right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty rough all over. I mean, the, the, I can't imagine a more stacked time for mm. things that you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. I mean, on top of a quarantine, now we're having this, I mean, kind of civil revolution that's happening and trying to keep, you know, the, the, over the basic idea of, of trying to keep police officers, you know, responsible for their actions in some mm-hmm. way. And I'm saying absolutely not, which is insane. Oh, yeah. huh? <laughs> it's like multiple, multiple examples of that where, where it seems like it should be this clear thing. And then the person is like, oh no, we actually do this, this whole other way. And you're like, what? That doesn't make sense mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Like the police having immunity is just one example, mm-hmm. like by law immunity, but um oh, what was I gonna ask you? Oh, I was gonna ask, what are your what is your radar and your meters of your sensitive machinery in your brain telling you? Like, are they all going off? Are you just like I'm, on overload? <laughs> I mean, kind of. What do you uh, do to cope? You know, I just uh I mean I've always kind of I mean I've been this way my whole life, so I mm-hmm. have all these uh kind of rituals that I do and kind of uh you know, exercises that I can use to get back to center mm-hmm. um, and to recognize, because, uh, you know, a lot of this equipment is kind of evolutionary. 
you know, but the problem is that like, you know, an like an indicator that's saying that you're in danger, like is just this big indicator, but you don't know how big it actually is. So like it could right. be blowing up over a small thing or it could mm-hmm. be blowing up over something that that's actually life-threatening. Totally. I have this phrase with my partner to remember, to remind ourselves, like when it's not life-threatening, we say it's not a lion. Like yeah. I'm not about to get eaten by a lion. Sometimes that's the case, but not usually. Yeah. But your indicator is like freaking you out. Yeah. As if you're about to, yeah. Yeah. Like so sometimes, oh, well, sometimes it, like, especially with, uh, you know, the, the, you know, police brutality stuff, you know, that's something that I've, I've unfortunately had to deal with a lot when I was like in my life mm-hmm. and, you know, like, like when I was younger, I developed, uh, uh, you know, a way of dealing with it where, where I can just compartmentalize it. And especially if, like if I'm interacting with a police officer, I can compartmentalize and then, uh, you know, and then get myself through it and then like decompress after. Um, but, uh, but the decompressing after is the like important skill. Mm-hmm. You know, like I thought, you know, for a long period of time, I was like, Oh, well I can just deal with this later and deal with this later. And then, I never dealt with it later. How do you deal with it personally now? Um, you know, I kind of, I acted out not, I mean, like, I, I, you know, I'm a writer, so I, a lot of times I'll just write it out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, another thing that I discovered about myself is that maybe because I have a writer's brain, mm-hmm. but, you know, cert, like if I'm upset about something, it keeps circling around in my head over and over and over again. And the only way to get it out is if I write it down. And then like, if I write, like if I write it down, then it just, it's just gone. It's like on the page. And then I can just mm-hmm. I can continue on with my life, but I can also quantify how I feel and why I feel that way. And uh, what my fears are. And do you practice handwriting when you free write like that? Like, you, or do you do it on a computer? Um, actually I do it on a typewriter. Oh uh, my, uh, of course. With the, he, he usually has a handlebar mustache, but he's grown out right now. But he's wearing plaid. Like, yes, this I'm is so plaid. cool. This is, my typewriter. <laughs> this is my plaid short, but it looks great on me, so I kept it. That <laughs> oh, looks great. Yeah. No, I actually, I write on my uncle's typewriter. Uh, my aunt gave it to me. My uncle was a, uh, you know, he was a, he was Mexican American. And so he was, he, you know, grew up in, in Bakersfield and he was a, a, a he was an artist in his own right, a photographer. Mm. Uh, some of the most beautiful photos I've ever seen in my life. But, you know, he was Mexican of that generation. So he never pursued art as like a thing. He, he was a mm. professional butcher for his whole life to support his family. But Whoa, uh, literally my, my immigrant grandfather from Hungary was mm-hmm. a butcher to support his family. Like same kind of, same kind of thing. Yeah. What is your like background religiously, spiritually? How did you grow up that way? Um, I grew up Catholic. Uh, my mom was, you know, my mom was Catholic and we actually lived across the street from the Catholic church. Um, <laughs> Getting closer to God. <laughs> Getting closer to God. Um, so, but we were, we were, we were brought up Catholic all the way up until, uh, you know, probably when I was like eight. And then even though we lived across the street, my parents just couldn't make time to go. <laughs> doesn't live close enough doesn't live close enough and also uh you know i for a long time like you know in the catholic religion you have your your first communion with god so you go to communion classes and then eventually you have you have this ritual of the first communion i actually never made it to the first communion because every time i tried to do it i would get very very sick near the 
due the end because you know it's you know it's almost a whole year mm-hmm. and so I wouldn't be able to continue the classes and so I'd have to try it again next year and next year so I think I tried this like four times before my parents just gave up wow divine intervention <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I always saw it as a as a sign <laughs> It's so funny. Well, when you're on your typewriter, I think that would be a little bit slower than um, typing on a computer, right? Because it's a little more mechanical. Like it makes, because kind of what you were describing with getting your emotions written out is similar to the technique of morning pages. And in the artist way, they emphasize handwriting. And like as witches, a lot of times we're like, you have to handwrite it because it slows you down and connects you in more. Mm-hmm. than like typing mm-hmm. on a keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. One of the reasons I use a typewriter, like I, for my first drafts, I always use a typewriter. And that's mainly because, you know, if you're typing on a computer, you know, uh, you can self-edit mm-hmm. and you kind of get you kind of get stuck in that circle again. Or like you're typing out and you see like a spelling mistake and then it completely breaks your flow. But on the typewriter, you know, I can't go back. Like if I make a spelling, like you can only kind of move forward. And so you can only, it, it, on the typewriter for me, it's always about the, the getting the idea out and getting the feelings out and then, mm. you know, kind of coming back and then, you know, that's what the second draft is for, is to really codify how you feel. And, and honestly, that's, that's kind of the way I live my life, too. <laughs> like, like, it's what's like the second of, draft in life? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Your next life. But like, but, but, like, but like, essentially being okay with letting it all out and mm-hmm. and then you know realizing what's important to you and what's not and and, and continuing forward momentum i think you're yeah, really yeah, good at that forward momentum and yeah and being okay with making you know these minor mistakes to getting to a more beautiful goal mm. yeah a mini clapping for audio mini <laughs> <laughs> i love that so what so you're an actor and writer right? yeah what do you normally write what kind of stuff um, you know, when I'm writing, I'm always trying to explore, like, uh, I'm working, I've been working on this play for a little while, which is a retelling of, well, it's like the, you know, the tale of Minos and the Minotaur, Ooh. but it's kind of updated where, uh, and it's set in the backdrop of the 1960s Greek military, I think it was the seventies, the Greek military takeover where, uh, oddly enough, uh, the Greek democracy, like the military took over the Greek democracy because Ru- they thought that there was Russian election interference. Uh, <laughs> topical. Topical. So <laughs> what happened was a U.S.-backed military, it's called the Junta, but like it was a military takeover, uh, took over the Greek government for years where, you know, uh, I guess essentially uh, American interests and, Ru- and Russian interests were all over Greece and so it, and it kind of tore the country apart politically um so it's so it's that and so it's it's General Minos and uh and he's you know a really brilliant it's kind of like um Ting Lear where he's this very brilliant guy that comes from this long line of, of other brilliant guys who uh you know they they they're very brilliant but it's at a certain point, they kind of get this Alzheimer's-like thing where they kind of, like, instead of the Minotaur being lost in a maze, it's him getting, getting kind of... Losing his mind. Yeah, losing his mind, progressively getting lost mm, in a maze. Like so he's kind of fight off both these interests and kind of generate somebody who 
to replace him, except for in getting power, he kind of destroyed anyone else that could do this. Mm. But it is about, so like that one's kind of about like the responsibility to lead. And if you're smart enough to do it, then you kind of have to do it. You know, you kind of don't, like if, you, if you're smart enough to, and like have the capabilities to lead and to take care of people and have shoulder that responsibility, then it's kind of your responsibility to do it whether you want to do it or not. Mm. And the main character of that one is this guy who, you know, is his war hero and is retired and doesn't want to give up everything that he's, you know, he has a life with his father, he has, you know, a woman that he loves, and he knows that if he, you know, takes on overthrowing the government and kind of becoming the new leader, he's going to lose everything. He's going to have to spend his, the rest of his life, you know, kind of doing what he can to help out Greece, and he kind of doesn't want to do that. Wow. I yeah. love that metaphor of, like, getting lost in the maze of your mind, and it reminds me of your life theory that I've been yeah. wanting to talk to you about, <laughs> about the maze. Oh, yeah, the maze. Yeah, I actually, I named the maze, because I think in the first season of uh, Westworld, you know, they, they keep talking about this maze that they're trying mm. to get to. And I thought that that was, the, and it's probably, you know, uh, a much older uh, kind of idea, but, you know, the idea that, you know, that in life, we're all trying to get to the center of the maze and it's, you know, this enlightenment that you're trying to get to the center of the maze. Mm-hmm. And I find that to be kind of the best way to talk about it because when we, you know, when we are all on this journey of enlightenment, we kind of think of it as this A, a to B thing. Uh, like we like, we know where we want to be. We don't necessarily know how we get there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the maze is us trying to get closer to this center or, you know, get, and that we're going to take paths that seem like we're getting closer, but are completely the wrong way. Dead ends. Is, dead end relationships. Yeah. We got to back on out. Is yeah. the center death? I think the center is, I think, total peace. Like, I think the center is kind of being like, you know, in some way it's, it's death and that it's like kind of this, you know, ego death of this kind of person that you were. But it, it, it's kind of like this illuminating death where you are kind of the best version of yourself and that you can kind of let go of all these things that are that are dragging you down and all these things that are, are kind of, you know. Yes. Okay, that is totally reminding me of this new practice I learned about called Descansos. Mm-hmm. Do you speak Spanish? Uh, only a little bit. Okay. <laughs> well, it's... Um, it's a practice of marking the site of someone's death. So when you see like crosses on the side of the highway, that like the flowers and the votive candles and stuff, that's like practicing descansos. Mm. But um, I just finished reading Women Who Run With the Wolves, which is a Jungian-based um, book about all things women. And she was suggesting doing descansos for your life. She was like, women die a thousand deaths by the time they're 20 and like anyone who's oppressed, you know, not just women and to actually take the time to make a timeline of your life and mark out the graves. I I just did this and I'm, I'm going to try to teach people how to do this, but um, yeah. So that the idea is you remember them so you can forget. Wow. I, I did this in rehab, not that exactly like it didn't have that witchy element, but during rehab in the 30 days that I was there, they make every person like go through a timeline of your life and you're basically mapping out your whole trauma to everyone, like all the other people in the program and like, yeah, honoring all the shit that you fucking survived and like giving yourself passion for why you ended up 
where we were. And mm. yeah, that just totally brought me back totally. to that. Oof, that's a yeah. good practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good practice. I mean, like, I think I do a similar thing mm-hmm. when I'm down. It's kind of a little bit of the opposite. opposite. I mean, it's kind of in the same vein in which I think one day I was really down and I realized and I kind of took a step back and realized that everything around me exists because of my choice. Oh. Like, conscious or unconscious. Yeah, conscious or unconscious. Mm-hmm. Like, every, like, like especially this room that I'm in right now is a reflection of the choices I've made and the things that I fought for. And legitimately this room wouldn't exist if even I, like the books behind you they represent your mind what your mind yeah, craves and what my mind craves and like the, the, what i'm what my mind craves and like what i find important mm-hmm. yeah wow i, I mean I, I the books behind me i literally saved from like a lot of them were like thrown away a lot of them were uh like left in an apartment and they, they, i didn't know what was going to happen to them so i just kind of took them <laughs> <laughs> so you're like a you're like um foster like a foster dad to all these books i don't know you're like collecting i'd say i'm a book two cities yeah it's a rescue <laughs> <laughs> you have a book rescue oh i have a bunch of book rescues <laughs> oh. oh that's awesome yeah so oh peace if you get to the center of the maze yeah you can find i just like ruminating on that i'm like i mean rest in peace that's ah. death, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, death is the ultimate piece. Yeah. Yeah, but like, I mean, I mean, that's what you—that's what we say to the dead—is that like, I hope they find peace. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We spend so much of our lives fighting for things, and you know, kind of going back to the maze. We, you know, we kind of spend our lives fighting for things that might not be in our best interests. Mm. You know, we, you know, we kind of going down the wrong path, fighting for a thing that's, you know, that's ultimately not going to make you happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. what makes Paul happy um honestly connecting with another human being mm. you know I you know I'm a pretty smart guy but I think that the thing I always and kind of was brought up to know is that there's always somebody out there that knows something that I don't or has a perspective that I don't or can like you know open me eye, open my eyes in a way that mm. like I wasn't aware of you know I, I love spending time with people and, and getting to kind of discover how they're beautiful oh this is why like when we started I'm like oh it just feels so good to hear your voice because I pick up on that like you're so inviting and gentle yeah so gentle I always feel safe around you and like loved and appreciated good from the beginning of knowing you like (laughs) oh thanks well I my meters (laughs) say that you're good you know like you from, from first meeting you yeah. Have you always been like at peace with yourself? Cause you seem like a peaceful, calm person, but I'm curious if that comes natural or not. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I've always kind of, I don't know, even when I was really young, I, I really cared about the well being of other people. You know, that's all that's always been a part of me. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, do you consider yourself like empathic or highly sensitive HSP? Um, you know, in some ways, I, I mean, maybe because I'm, I'm constantly challenging myself to meet people where they are, I kind of feel like there are gaps in my ability to connect with my, with, you know, connect with people. Um, but like, yeah, I, I feel like I'm empathic and I, I feel like, you know, part of my duty is to make people you know, realize that, 
you know, that they're beautiful human beings, you know, that mm-hmm. to express to people the things that I like about them that are, that are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, because I do have this kind of energy, you know, I do get this trust with people. So I have to be very careful with that. Mm-hmm. And to not, yeah, to not, ca- you know, it's the easiest thing in the world to like, you know, make a casual comment and hurt somebody's feelings. And especially like if I have a deep connection with somebody, you know, doing that can be very, it can be very hurting. Mm -hmm. Even when I don't intend to do that, Mm you know. I wish I could have a little bit more of your calmness. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I I get a lot from my dad. I mean, my dad was a very calm person Mm -hmm. and, you know, he kind of taught me to kind of think before I feel, or at least not, not necessarily think before, you know, not, coldly think before I feel, but like kind of have the feeling in check and then really think it out of like, well, how do I really feel about this? Like, do I feel like I'm being attacked or is then mm. like, kind of communicate with the person about how I'm feeling and like, you know, what's happening and, and kind of keep it in all perspective and then like fully fill out the feeling, mm-hmm. you know, not feeling any anger that I don't have to feel or, you know, anything like that. Yeah. Self-awareness is what it sounds like. Yeah. Am I right that you're, your dad was a surgeon, I want to say. Yeah, my dad was a uh, reconstructive plastic surgeon. Wow. Uh, yeah. That <laughs> takes a lot of calm and focus. <laughs> yeah, he started the first uh, all-black uh, plastic surgery firms in the country. So That's so cool. It's really cool. I remember... Has, <laughs> you have so much, like, badass, <laughs> strong heritage. Like, heritage from... We'll go into more of it. T- tell us more. Yes. But, um, yeah, I remember, and, you know, my dad was a very, uh, you know, he, he didn't like to boast. So I remember like the only way I found this out was that like he was in his scrapbook and I was going over with him and we were just like looking through it. And then I see like, you know, a newspaper clipping with that headline on it. And I said, Hey, Hey, hold on. Is like, is that true? And he's like, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) The most humble. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And like I mean, just talking one more story about my dad is, you know, he was so humble that like the only time I ever saw him brag was one time I went to his office and he po- like he was like, hey, Paul, look at this and pointed to an award on his wall, naming him one of the top uh, reconstructive plastic surgeons in the country. And then uh, that was it. That was the only time. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Take a look. <laughs> hey, look, that's I'm kind of proud of that. And that was it. That was the only time he ever talked about it. Wow. And then can can we talk about your namesake? Oh yeah, because this is more of your amazing heritage. Yeah, uh, I'm named after and and kind of also kind of related to uh, this man named Paul Robeson, who was he was a singer, an actor, a football player, a lawyer, um, and like a a political speaker as well. and, uh, you know, the, the song Old Man River from the show Showboat was written for him. And he would he would go and uh, I mean, he was one of the most highly paid actors uh, and entertainers in the world at the time. And so he like as soon as he got rich, he kind of used that wealth to kind of help other oppressed peoples around the globe. So he would go and, you know, do concerts for, you know, oppressed people all over the world. And use, you know, just all the proceeds to them. Uh, there was. Like there's statues of him all over the world. He sang for the workers of the Sydney Opera House, um, but he also sold uh, sung for workers of the Russian government. I mean, for you know the workers of Russia, and so and won the I think the Russian Medal of Freedom. So our 
government labeled him a communist um, and uh, took away his passport and did like whatever they could to like kind of ruin his life. Whoa. Um, I think one time, because he couldn't like leave, he, he fully could not leave the country and he couldn't escape. So What one year time, was this? Uh, you know, off the top or like of my head. Like, it was like early, I think uh, when he got his passport taken away, it would have been the second Red Scare. So that would have been like the 40s. Okay. Yeah. But he, um, like, there's, like, a, a place in Rutgers. Like, there's a hall in Rutgers that is named after him. Um, I think he's in, like, the Football Hall of Fame because he also used to be, yeah, he used to be a football player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, one time he, he uh, had to perform a concert on the, on the back of the truck on the Canadian border just so international people could come hear him sing. Oh, because he couldn't <laughs> travel after they did that. Oh, my gosh. Well, after you guys are done listening to this episode, you should YouTube... Paul Robeson on YouTube singing Old Man River. Um, I, I watched it and it's it's from Showboat, like Paul said. And it's um, a commentary that unfortunately I think applies totally mm. to today as well. Yeah. Kind of the message is that Old Man River, well, is Old Man River time or is that the white man? I think it's the white man. It's like white, think, white people, yeah. For me, the song is about kind of white silence because the mm. lyrics are that in an old man river, he must know something, but don't say nothing. Mm-hmm. He just keeps rolling along. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you'll see in like the video, like it's it's black people getting oppressed by white people and mm-hmm. white people not doing anything about it. And even though they're quote, the black people are quote free, they're not really free. So it's like, yeah, yeah it's unfortunately it still applies. Wow. It just broke my heart watching it. But yeah, he's so talented. It's awesome that you have some of him in you (laughs) i mean it's a it's a hard guy to be named after i mean that guy accomplished everything he ever (laughs) (laughs) i himself too that guy spoke multiple languages and like i'm impressive but i'm never going to be that impressive (laughs) how did he do it (laughs) probably less watched a lot less television i was gonna say he's less distracted by tiktok (laughs) yeah oh my god i got way too into tiktok i don't know how it happened really yeah. What what, <laughs> what did you go? What kind of uh, hole did you go down? I just uh, just the random just recommended videos hole, mm-hmm. like, just like just swiping for hours of just seeing people do dumb stuff. <laughs> because it's unlimited, you can just keep swiping forever. Right, yeah. it is unlimited. It's freaking crazy. It's like we're so black mirror. Like we're mm. so halfway there to a virtual life. It feels, yeah. ex, you know, it's exponential now mm-hmm. in our, our lifetime because we're, you know, all about the same age here, late 20s. It's mm-hmm. like, we're seeing it happen. Yeah. We, we are that generation that's seeing <laughs> this fucking, like, upload transition to the virtual world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, We're talking to you on Zoom right now. We're talking on Zoom right now. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, I'm doing a Zoom improv show right after this. <laughs> So I'm weird. I'm literally going to play a board game with my friends over Zoom <laughs> after we're done here. And you know, you know what the board game is? Is it's it's pandemic. It's pandemic. No, I, I do love that game though. That Wait, game's that's fun. A game. No, it's like a really fun game where you actually work together. You're it not doesn't competing. sound fun. We're living it. <laughs> it's, it's a fun group strategy game. Wow. It's a very fun group strategy game. There's a there's a legacy version where every game you play affects the next game. Oh, it's, so it's like we don't have immunity to this disease. Oh, oh fuck, that's cool. 
Yeah, it's really cool. We're on the um, second if season. If you figure anything out, definitely like tell us. You know, <laughs> we do need a vaccine. <laughs> no, it, with that game for us, it was like Jumanji rules, where we started that game before the pandemic. Oh, and then you opened the portal. I feel extra bad because we finished that game and everything. Where are the dice? Great. Put the dice back. <laughs> <laughs> well, we finished the first season, and everything was going great in California. And it was like, well, we'll start the second season, and now everything's shut back down. So <gasps> this might be entirely my fault. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> Damn. Fun fact, I've actually touched the real Jumanji board for something that I shot before. It was so fucking cool. Really? That's at least what they told me. I don't know if it was a replica and they were lying, but yeah, it was magical. There's no difference. Right? It felt real to me. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. I I always like to say that reality is 100% perception. I mean, yes. I mean, it's literally true. I was just saying that on the phone to what I don't remember who one of my many siblings. Um, I was like, you know, I got a couple nights of sleep because I was really lacking sleep for a while. I just, you know, overwhelmed with everything that's going on, and um, I finally committed hardcore to okay, everything's falling apart, so we got to get the sleep back on track. And anyways, I got a few nights of sleep, and then I was telling them like, literally, the world looks different because. your reality is just your perception Mm -hmm. and your perception is different when you have sleep and when you don't like things looked different to me on sleep and off sleep like that's reality it's changing Mm -hmm. it's per person (laughs) you know I you know I used to do uh, medical research when I was younger and one of the one of the things that I kind of learned from that is that you know you think of the mind as just like, you know, kind of this, you know, the mind is something in your head, but the mind is kind of a projection of the body. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really, you know, you on a full stomach is different than you hungry. You know, you, I mean, if you, you know, if you lost your leg, that's going to, even though you're not thinking about it, it really does affect who you are and it affects how you react to things. And, you know, it, it's the, the most subtle change. It's going to change every, almost everything about you. Because mm-hmm. your whole, I mean, this is the age old question of like, how do we scientifically study the mind? I mean, they still don't really, mind, brain, body is still kind of a debate in the scientific world of like, how do we pinpoint this? Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of all one. Yeah. And it really is. I mean, so it, <laughs> it's hard to pinpoint <laughs> it's nearly impossible to pinpoint but like yeah it is it is totally throughout my whole body yeah. you know i mean even if you take weight into considerations like me uh you know me 10 pounds heavier actually does affect how my brain works because i'm slightly larger and your brain your brain actually compensates for the size of your body so it affects how you you know it uh especially like how it perceives things so like like a tall person actually experiences time in the past compared to a shorter person because the shorter person is closer to this well like the shorter person is smaller so their their, so their brain doesn't uh like doesn't uh you know compensate for much larger like a much larger body so they get you know they get the reactions much faster it's like slightly faster but it's yeah 
Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> I love talking about time. Yeah. Too. Time <laughs> perception. It's amazing we're not all on drugs right now because this <laughs> this conversation has just been so like high talk. Well, right? hey, I am a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Give her some credit. <laughs> Give me a high credit. Um, oh, Paul. This is what I'm, I do with my jam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm curious if you've ever had like a witchy or scary or like psychic experience. Um. I mean, my house was haunted growing up. Okay. <laughs> Tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, like, I, I remember being very young, and out of the corner of my eyes, one of my to- my one of my toys coming to life, and then no. when I but when I looked at it with my own eyes moving, it kind of seized up, and uh, like almost that like it was I wasn't supposed to see it. So when I did see it, it kind of seized up, and I don't know if it killed it, but I had to throw it away because it was weird. Wow. <laughs> I thought my Furby was like haunted for a little bit and I had to put it out of my room. I think all, all Furbies are haunted. Wait, wait, no, no, Furbies are demons. I love my Furby. I remember being younger and telling my mom that there was a family that lived in our house uh, when we weren't there. Oh. Did you see them? Okay. Um, I, you know, I always see them around the corner of my eyes peripheral right yeah, like peripheral and stuff like that and um who was the family like who consisted um you know I couldn't you know I couldn't really tell like but it, it did feel like a man and a woman and like a kid um, but uh and also like our but I, I think on some level I just like made peace with the ghosts and like I knew that they weren't gonna hurt me and that like you know what, what was I gonna do to them and Did so you ever I, look into the history of if if a family of three lived there? Uh, no, because the house we lived in was actually built like we built it. So I'm it's only like a couple of months older older than I am. Ah, so what do you make of all that? I don't know. I mean, well, maybe it, they moved in with you, or it could be. I mean, you know, it's old land. It could mm. just have been like an early, earlier settler family that tried right, to like right. make it out there that ended up like not you know ended up not working out so how long did you live in this house with these experiences um i mean the i stopped noticing the experiences as i got older or and i also kind of like when like weird stuff would happen in my house i just kind of like i just kind of became acclimated to it so when weird stuff would would happen in my house i wouldn't like it wouldn't bother me and i just kind of wouldn't notice Hmm. Um, <laughs> um, I did peace, have your inner peace. You're inner just peace. like, I will not be affected. Yeah. I, I, you know, uh, there was a period of time when our, our friend Jenna uh, started living with me at that house and she would freak out because like there was like ghost stuff happening. Um, like what? Yeah. Uh, she, I guess one time she was sleeping in what my sister's old room and uh, she turned to her, towards towards a corner and then like saw this man and the man came directly oh. at her and then she woke up do you think and, it was the man that you saw i i don't know i mean it could be i don't know mm-hmm. why he would attack her and not me i mean he's always mm-hmm. you know these ghosts i mean we've always been okay with each other but so uh um, something different mm-hmm. it been something different or they just didn't like her for some reason Damn. <laughs> so what do you believe about all of these? Do you 
think about it? What do you make of it? I mean, I kind of take it all in at once. You know, I you know, I you know, I kind of have the debater personality type. So I like to kind of argue it from every single side possible. You know, there there are you know, there are some days where I don't believe believe in ghosts at all, even though I've had all these experiences. <laughs> and then there are days where I completely am into it. And, you know, I know that, you know, we as human beings kind of have this energy that we kind of put out into the universe mm-hmm. um, and that affects the world around us. And why wouldn't there be an echo of that somewhere? You know, I mean, we, I mean there's no doubt that we you know, like leave an imprint on the places that we, we stay in. And uh, so, you know, there, there's no there's no real reason to believe that that imprint might not, you know, if the imprint's strong enough that that might stick around someplace. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, so your your other family members didn't notice this family? Uh, no, <laughs> not at all. Maybe I just, you know, maybe I'm just more sensitive to it than other people. Mm, fascinating. And have you ever had your cards read? Uh, no, I never have. Oh, we're <laughs> popping the cherry. <laughs> your oracle cherry. Yes. Well, I think it's time. Let's do it. Yes. I'm excited. Do you have something on your mind that you want to ask? Um, let me think about it. Yeah, uh, take your time. Hmm. I mean, right now, the only thing I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out is whether or not I should, because I'm, I'm, I don't know if I don't know what way I should go forward in my writing. Like, okay, if I okay. should keep working on the book that I've been working on for a long time, and like kind of keep bartending to like support, the, you know, the long time it's going to take to do the book, or if I should start doing more plays, or if I should try start trying to write for television, or mm-hmm. like, like you know, those are all great paths, but those are going to take me totally different directions Mm. Mm -hmm. okay i'm gonna pull for you from the iris deck okay this is an oracle deck so we're gonna ask for guidance on um what direction to take your writing does that sound good yeah okay awesome yeah let's inhale and hold it at the top Oh my gosh, (laughs) spirits to guide you, and it's a door. Okay, it's kind of reminding me of the Haunting of Hill House door, but I know that's because we just talked about a haunted house. <laughs> I mean, that is, that is crazy. And it's all these, okay, that's crazy that you just said that. It's like yeah. a bunch of hands and it looks like a woman, all they're like clapping or something. They're or reaching, reaching towards a door. Spirits to guide you. What does this bring up for you? I don't know. I mean, maybe I, maybe it is telling me to you know kind of ruminate on those earlier experiences maybe oh. the spirits will guide you in writing yeah maybe my you know, spirits will guide me in writing and, and maybe i should 
maybe focus on, on some of the earlier work that I was doing. Mm. I mean, like when I was younger, I also started writing a book on meta- metaphysics, like just like the weird metaphysical things that I believed. Maybe I should cool that out. <laughs> or maybe like there's a door opening for you, but you need like to do something spiritual to reach it. They're all reaching for it. Um, I don't know. When we breathed, I heard TV, 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 but that was also just the last thing you said. So yeah. and I felt like I was in a mystical forest. Is that like the Minos story? Is it? Uh, part of it is. Like, like kind of the way that works is the way it starts is like, you know, there's maybe like one moment where he's not himself and then he's great for the rest of the day. And then it kind of turns into like 30 seconds and then eventually it turns into a minute. And then it kind of goes the other way where there's like only one minute a day. He's still himself. And so like his Mm -hmm. grandfather is that way where they put him on an Island where he's just like a beast. Mm. Wow. Okay. Let's see what it says. It seems like all the signs point to Yes. Have you ever seen a repeated symbol appear over and over just for a short time? These are your guides trying to speak to you. They are like, hi, we are trying to make this pretty obvious for you. Know that you have help right now. Your guides want the very best for you. And right now they are trying to assist you in making the right choices. Pay attention to the little things. Okay, so do you have any, or this might be that there's going to be upcoming some symbols for you, repetitive symbols. Now that you've asked, guiding you in the direction of the right choice. Yeah. I love it. Love it. This deck is lit. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel about that? Uh, Actually, I feel like that's really helpful. Good. Um. Because I think I can probably, maybe I'll go more towards theater because that, like, maybe it is trying to tell me that, you know, this is, you know, it's a story I put on the back burner for a while to work on the book, but, you know, the book's kind of been slow going and Mm. something I can also still work on while working on that play, but then that, that, you know, maybe that's saying that, like, you know, doing that and doing that play will open doors for me. Because it is actually a pretty good way to get, you know, see, you know, coming, getting people to come see your show is a pretty good way to open some doors for it. Oh, that's totally. very true. And honestly, this does look like a stage door because it's just floating. <laughs> 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 stage door left. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's thank the cards. Thank you, Iris Deck. Thank you, Iris Deck. Yes. And um, where can listeners check you out? Online? Um, online, you know, you can follow me on Twitter. I It's uh, at Paul Roberson, uh, P-A-U-L-R-O-B as in boy, E-R-S-O-N. And yes. then, yeah. And then I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> awesome. And we end every episode with a basic blessing. This is something we're each grateful for today. Mm-hmm. Any of us can start? I know I'm grateful for like the pens and paper I have to journal to write it out to get Mm -hmm. my feelings out like that I had that on hand when we went into quarantine I'm grateful I had those supplies 
Mm. I'm grateful for, uh, it's like so heavy on my heart, but Naya Rivera, the missing search for her, she just breaks my heart. And I loved Glee so much. Mm -hmm. And I want there to be closure in that. Uh, you know, I honestly, I think I'm I'm grateful for uh, the people I know. Mm-hmm. You know, all the people that I've gotten to connect with and to uh, to learn from. I mean, I learned a lot from you guys, even just doing this now. I mean, like you know, every interaction is kind of a transformation. So I, I'm really grateful for the transformation that I got to have today, right now. Mm. Ditto. You're yeah. such a sweet soul. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for doing this, Paul. Thank you for having me. Yes. Witches, this show is made possible by listeners like you who contribute on our Patreon. If you want to join the Basic Witches Coven, become a patron. And as a thank you for your support, we'll give you all kinds of witchy goodness, like card readings and custom art. We'll see you in the coven. Hexo, hexo. Basic witches.